Welcome, you guys, to In the Clouds podcast of everything. Hopefully, you guys are having a great week and enjoying the weather, whether it's hiking, gardening, or even dancing out in the rain. I don't care. As long as you're enjoying your week and the nice weather that we have been getting. Before I get into this episode, though, there are a couple of things that I want to say. The first is that this is a bonus episode. And each bonus episode that I put out is, you know, going to be related to the month or a certain subject, and it's going to vary in, you know, duration. But this is only a bonus episode, and it isn't the start of the season. But if you want to catch the start of the season, subscribe right now. The season officially starts May 4th of this year. So make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss, you know, the premiere of it. I decided to put out an episode for Earth Day because, in all honesty, we aren't saving our planet enough. And I'm not saying that we can't entirely save it because I personally believe that we can't. But small efforts such as protecting wildlife, making sure that we have clean water to drink, making sure that the air that we breathe isn't air that can cause us to fall ill or create lung problems or kill people who have asthma. So I decided to make that episode specifically for Earth Day. Now, unlike what you hear from the mainstream media, you know, it's all bullshit. You know, obviously the history that they explain to you on why Earth Day exists is not. But they just like to talk and talk and talk. And it's numbing people like you and me. It's numbing everybody because that's all they do. There is no discussion on how we can save the wildlife. We can stop, you know, X, Y, and Z. How we can prevent another train derailment that pollutes the rivers. The mainstream media only discusses, which is another reason why I created this episode. is because we need to stop having these discussions and we need to have these actions put into place. All these laws and regulations only can go so far because, as you can know recently, in Minnesota, a nuclear power plant was able to hide the fact that there was a nuclear leak, which could have catastrophic damage to, you know, the environment in that area and the wildlife in that area. So, in short, with that being said... Remember that if all we do is talk and pass bills and pass acts and just only discuss how our planet is suffering, there is no action being done. Hopefully this episode gets you up off your, your feet and you know, pretty much says, hey, our planet is getting closer to the end if we can't at least do something about it. 
Protecting wildlife and the waters and the air should be actions that will make a difference. As I stated before, I don't believe that we can entirely fix unfuckable. But we can fix what we can fix. I want to start off with the bad news. As of 2021, there are at least 1,000 rivers that emit nearly 80% of pollution. Now, even though this is only 1% of the rivers worldwide, 51% of rivers in the U.S. are also polluted. Oh, person, this doesn't seem bad because your river in your city or your town may not have trash or you may not have fish dying or being mutated by nuclear radiation or hazardous materials or you know you may not see people collapsing from smog but it is a huge ass problem because all the trash and all the plastic that are entering our rivers and our streams are being released in the ocean now when I mean all of that good majority of it does. The farther away the river is, the likely chance of going to the ocean is smaller. But let's say if you're down near New Orleans and, you know, or in that general area where the Missouri River meets the ocean, you have a lot more trash and a lot more plastics going into the ocean. So how does plastic and trash from rivers end up in the ocean and pollute them? One of the ways is population concentration. Cities that have a bigger population sees an uptick of people improperly making sure that trash stays in the trash and in short, if you go to places like New York City, trash litters because the population is huge. Now, smaller towns may still have pop or not population, but uh, smaller towns may experience littering and polluting as well. Even though population concentration, economic development, and waste management all plays a part, the main factors that, you know, uh, greatly play a part in polluting and having these pollutants enter the ocean is things like wind and precipitation, mountains and terrain slopes, land and use slope and the distance to the nearest river to the ocean. If I haven't already mentioned this, like I stated, at one point of time or another, you know, let's take Missouri River. Missouri River runs through Louisiana and Louisiana's Missouri River exits into the ocean. So all the cities and all the trash and plastics that enter the river has a higher chance of entering the ocean because that river is near the ocean. Now, where the Missouri River crosses through my state, that trash and that plastic may not reach the ocean. 
But regardless, it is important that we watch out and not just, you know, discuss and observe this plastic flowing down the stream. Pick it up. And I'm going to explain why in a brief moment. Now, all of this that I just talked about, you can go on the Ocean Cleanup site and check out the map they, they have. So I want you to guess how much the world produces in plastic. Not just Canada alone, not just the United States or China or India, but worldwide, how much plastic do you think we produce? The number is staggering. Worldwide, according to the EPA, we produce 380 million tons of plastic. While many of this plastic goes to landfills and recycling sites, not all of that stays in those sites, as factors like wind and other factors that I've talked about just moments ago can carry it off. A lot of what you may see that can escape a landfill or recycling site is, you know, plastic bags, plastic water bottles, you know, those uh, plastic pop holder things, all of that lighter weight stuff, which is typically go up and be taken off by the wind. And then will eventually end up in the ocean. Obviously, plastics and trash are not the only pollutants that exist in our rivers and our waters. Other pollutants such as oil, smog, and hazardous materials pollute them as well. Now, as a result of these pollutants, like plastics, there are 700 marine species that may go extinct, according to an article from OneGreenPlanet.org. Outside of our water being polluted, forest and wildlife homes are constantly feeling the effect of the human footprint. This goes anything from logging to the excessive noise polluting to light polluting even if there's a lot of lights in you know those types of areas. But it's not just, you know, that. It's also trash and plastic still. Now, while acid rain is the biggest source of pollutant in those areas, more than enough of us litter. And as I stated before, it doesn't help that other factors can play a part. According to a 2017 article from ForestSociety.org, 9 to 10 bags of trash are picked up from their sites each year. If you walk through your local hiking trails, many of this trash is anything from plastic plates to plastics like bottles or even beer cans. And it, it isn't just limited to forest. You go to a state park and you see dumpsters overflowing. You see trash and where they burn the fires. And it also happens at campgrounds too. So it's not just limited to, you know, forest and those type of regions. It's everywhere where a human interacts with the wildlife in some sort of way. 
Now, how does all this polluting affect wildlife? Many animals, not just on land or in the water, but also in the air, are affected daily by this polluting. As I mentioned before, 700 marine animals are at risk of going extinct. But what I did not mention, or what I didn't mention before, is that more than 100,000 dolphins, fish, whales, and turtles drown each year from plastics and trash. Other than, you know, uh, marine animals and deer, birds can even die from this. You know, if a, if a bird eats a moldy piece of bread, the toxins from that mold can kill the bird. If you flick your cigarette butt, you know, on the ground or wherever, I guess, outside, a bird can think that's food and choke on your cigarette butt. But it's not just limited to them. There's also plastics, balloons, and other things that affect these types of small animals. Other small animals can ingest microplastics and microtoxins as well. Now, to many people who don't necessarily care about Earth Day, you're going to say that I'm fear-mongering. But there is... A reason why I decided to go with the bad news. I wanted everybody listening to understand that it is us that is causing polluting. Now, I'm not saying that it's a flip of the switch because it's not. And as I stated earlier in this episode, we can't entirely. I wanted to make a personal attack on how smaller things on a smaller level we can do to at least make a small change and before I tell you you know how to help take a step farther with these small changes I wanted to take this time now to tell you about how Earth Day exists Before Earth Day existed, Americans were consuming vast amounts of leaded gas. Factories and and industries did not help either. They belched out smokes and other pollutants and toxins into our air. And just being in these type of eras and in the times that these people lived in, many people didn't realized that all of this was taking a huge effect on the planet and on wildlife and on humans. But this wasn't until in 1962, author Rachel Carson published the New York Times best-selling novel, Silent Spring. This is when humans begin to think about things and humans are treating everything. One of these people that took notice in this book was Democratic Senator Gaylord Nelson. In 1969, Nelson witnessed one of the United States' biggest oil spills at that time in Santa Barbara, California. Today, this oil spill ranks third following 
Deepwater Horizon, and the 1989 Exxon Valdez spills. With the help of energy that was being produced by students already protesting due to wars, and help of Republican Congressman Pete McCloskey, Nelson announced his idea for a teach-in on campus. Nelson and McCloskey put young activist Dennis Hayes in charge, and they chose April 22nd to be the day of these teachings. After all the effort that was put in by organizations, groups, and Dennis's own 85 national staff members, Earth Day was formed, and we have Earth Day on 22nd of every April for this reason. By the end of 1970, the first Earth Day led to the creation of the United States Environmental Protection Agency, or also known as the EPA. After the EPA was formed, various laws came into place such as OSHA, the Clean Air Act, and the Clean Water Act, and the Endangered Species Act. I'm going to tell you how you can help. One of the ways is to spread awareness in your community. If you notice that you live in a city or even a town that was a size population of 14,000 even, and you see trash and plastic and littering all over the place, especially amongst rivers and in your campsites and hiking trails, make sure that you tell your community about it and tell them, hey, stop littering. And obviously not everybody's going to listen, but go to your city officials, talk to them about it, make a plan on how your community can do better by not creating polluting. The other way that you can help is getting off of your lazy ass and picking up the trash yourself. This goes for picking up the trash along the rivers or the streams or the hiking trails or the campgrounds. If you see somebody litter, don't be a Karen. Just pick up their trash and have them thank you or wish them a nice day at least. If you are a scuba diver, since trash and plastics are killing marine animals and you know, ending up on our shorelines. Get a team together or, you know, even if you don't have a team, do it by yourself and pick up the trash from the shorelines and make sure that trash is being out of the oceans. And if you're out camping or, you know, even hiking a state park, ensure and double check that there is no trash being left behind. Make sure that trash stays in the trash can or in the case if you have a plastic bag or you, know, you put it back in your backpack until you find a reasonable spot. Make sure that it stays where it cannot just float off in the wind or, you know, spread. Last couple of ways to help out is not to drive to something that is literally a block away from you. You know, obviously you may live in like places like Chicago where you don't entirely feel safe and that's reasonable. But let's say if Starbucks is right next to your workplace, don't get in your car and go drive a block to Starbucks. Walk to Starbucks. Walk to school. Find better ways to make sure that pollutants aren't getting into the air, which does eventually get into the streams and the rivers and the oceans. And lastly, get together with your community and raise money to protect the wildlife. The ability to get together with not just your community, but with your city officials and hatch out a plan. 
build a bee sanctuary. You know, make sure that every single week somebody goes out and picks up the trash other than the city officials. Because a lot of city officials don't care about that trash. Or at least the ones in my town don't. With this being said, hopefully you enjoyed this bonus episode. Stay tuned for the official start of In the Clouds, which once again premieres on May 4th. And don't forget to subscribe, turn on your notifications, and share each episode.